Welcome back, everybody, to What's the Value? Uh, today's guest is a good friend of mine, uh, Shane Campbell. And Shane is somebody that that has an approach to life that I admire. Um, you know, for starters, from, from, from a very traditional perspective or use of it, he, he's, he's very successful. Um, he did really well in school. He's an executive at a Fortune 500 company. He has a beautiful family, all those things, which are great. But the, the reason that I really admire Shane is that he's very confident and authentic and and maybe I should say it as he's very confident in his authenticity and for me somebody who's been a people pleaser for much of my life there's something in that that I deeply gravitate towards that that I value very much Um, people that are able to walk that line between staying true to themselves being honest you know meaning what they say saying what they mean but at the same time not coming off as as arrogant or, or as an asshole that's Shane. And it speaks very much to his value of balance, right? He talked a lot about balance and moderation and and Shane tries not to see um, the extreme views, right? To to go to the extremes. He tries to see all sides of an issue and try and be as objective as possible. And he does that very logically, I think, because he recognizes he doesn't have all the information. He doesn't have all the answers. And it only makes sense to try and understand things as much as you can and to bring that balance to it. Um, Because it, it allows you to, to, to have better perspective. It allows you to th- see things more clearly. And again, logically, it just makes sense because there aren't really clear answers in life. And it's funny, you know, Shane even said before we started, he, he was a little unsure about being on the show because he doesn't, he doesn't know how much his mind kind of links up with philosophical type thinking. Um, he tends to be more pragmatic. And, and I think that came through in the conversation, but it made for a really interesting conversation. Um, pressing on some of these philosophical questions about balance, about moderation, I think got really interesting um, because for Shane, it, it, it made perfect sense. It's, it's exactly the way you should approach it. But when you start to think of it philosophically of, well, okay, but, but what if what if you see some risk? What if you see somebody being harmed? Um, what if you see something you don't like? Um, how, how do you judge people? How do you judge people's decisions if you're always trying to kind of play it in the middle? Uh, is it, does it even make sense? Is it even feasible to really be balanced in life? All these types of questions we, we dove into and I think had an interesting conversation about it. And then towards the end, when, after we wrapped, actually, you'll hear there's a little bit of a bonus segment. Um, I kind of called it afterthoughts on there. But when we wrapped, we kept talking a bit. And we decided to record it. And, and we had a particularly interesting portion of the conversation, I think, around why values are so important and if feeling good is actually the one true value that we all have. And if it is, are we okay with that? Is that a problem for us as humanity? So a little, little bit of a bonus section there. But uh, as always, big thanks to Shane for being on, uh, being so open and kind of getting into this with me. And thank you all for listening. So with that, let's get to uh, let's get to Shane. All right, Shane, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to dive in. Uh, what's the value? What's the value that's most important to you and guides your life? Uh, well, Terry, I, I think... Um, I'm going to go with balance and I, I, am going in that direction, uh, with a last minute audible here. Uh, I, I was thinking over the past week or so that it was going to be continuous improvement because I'm, I'm motivated by that. Uh, but when I asked myself some questions, uh, I realized that that's not really it. I, I think that I've learned too much, uh, or I, I, I doubt too much about that, uh, for that to be like the overarching theme of, of what my value is. So can, can I ask you, Shane, what, so I like to talk about things in like mathematical, I think everything, every thought we have, every action we take is like a mathematical calculation or a head weighing the pros and cons, and then coming out with the right decision. Doesn't mean our math is always good, but we always follow that. So in those terms, you did a calculation at one point that said continuous improvement, that's the value. Then something changed in that calculation, which said, no, 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 that's wrong. Talk a little bit about like yeah. what happened there and what changed. Yeah, sure. So, so I was thinking about, and I think it'll, uh, it'll lead right into to why I think balance is so important. So I was thinking about continuous improvement, right? And, and I think I was leaning towards that as my value because I can't sit still. Like I'm always doing something. I'm always trying to improve something, whether it's, um, you know, in, in work, I'm trying to make things better uh, at home. I'm trying to, you know, improve whatever around the house. I'm doing projects all the time. I'm constantly doing things. Um, you know, even in, in the neighborhood, in the community of, of like, what can we do to make things better for people? And I think there's some real value in that, but, but I think it's, it's kind of simple, right? So I, there's always a cost or, or externalities to everything. And so as I was thinking through that, I was just realizing that, you know, if, I, if we do, um, um, 
we're, we're doing a house project, the house renovation project right now, right? We're improving the house, right? It's creating jobs for people. We're uh, the people that are making the materials that we're using, the people that are working on the house. That's great. Um, but, you know, we're adding square footage. Uh, there's an environmental impact to that. Is that really uh, a positive thing, right? That's just one example. As I was going through thinking about continuous improvement, there's, there's a ton of those, right? Um, uh, I've worked in companies, a company I interned with in business school, uh, where it was in retail and, and the job was just to sell more, but it was garbage. Like it was all just, uh, it wasn't stuff that people needed. It was stuff that people wanted and then they would discard and throw away. So I, I don't know. Um, so that's where I got to, I talked myself out of it. That's how I got to where I am uh, in, in balance uh, more than in continuous improvement. Ah, interesting. So I guess what, what is balance? Define balance for me yeah. in relation to continuous improvement. Yeah. So I, I think balance for me is just, it, it's similar to a couple of the other themes that you've had in your podcast with other guests, uh, Terry, because I think it's it's basically not taking an extreme stance or going all in in one direction or the other, right? It's trying to hear both sides of an argument. Um, uh, it, it's trying to, you know, it, I, if I go way back to my, you know, my life uh, in the beginning, right? Or not, not too far back to the beginning, but even in education, right? I went into engineering. I was a mechanical engineer because I couldn't decide which engineer I wanted to do. And then that was the most general, right? I went to uh, Harvard Business School to get an MBA because they offered a general MBA. Like I didn't have to pick finance or accounting. I could just be general with it. Um, even in sports, I mean, you've played some sports with me. I'm pretty good, yeah. but I'm not exceptional in any of them. I'm just yeah. like average, maybe yeah. slightly above you, average. And all you don't pick a favorite team. You like to jump around the different favorite teams in sports. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll let that slide because it's your podcast, but uh, <laughs> I think you know better. Uh, <laughs> so let me, let, me, let me stop you there, Shane. So somebody could hear that and say, you're just, you're indecisive, right? There's, there's a degree of indecisiveness to that. Or maybe, maybe that's unfair, but maybe they could say that. And with that would come like maybe a fear. It seems like there's a fear. The reason a lot of people are indecisive is because there's a fear of picking something. Is it, is it that? Is, the re, is, it, is it really that you value balance or is there some fear in, in making the wrong decision? Like what really underlies that, that drive or that, that value? Well, it's a great question, but I, I think it's, it's less of a fear. I, I don't think I'm motivated by the fear as much as um, just a, a knowledge and understanding that I'm probably not the expert. Mm. Right. I, th I think it's more of a, you know, you know, at work, I'm a general manager, right? I, I lead a business. I have a team of people that are way more knowledgeable than I am uh, in everything that they do. Mm. Um, you know, I've had managers in the past that assume they know best and they make the decisions and it's not always the right decision. Mm. Um, they, they exhibit no fear, right? And they go forward with that. And I, I guess I don't want to mimic that. I don't want to copy that. I think you can do better. Uh, I think it's it's kind of the opposite of you need to be confident, like when you make the call. But I think it's it's overconfidence that gets people in trouble. So it's kind of listening. And again, I, I think it ties mostly to you know the theme of uh, humility that Patrick Weatherall and you talked mm -hmm. about. Um, I think there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of value in that to to listening to all things. But um, so that's probably what I mean more than anything. Yeah, and I get that, and I, I think in many ways that's. The, this podcast and a lot of what I'm doing is, is based on that. But I often say like at, at its very root form, the thing that I'm trying to better understand and in many ways determine if it's a myth or not, because I think it is, is, is certainty. I, I don't think certainty is a real thing. I think certainty is the root of a lot of the problems we have in the world. And, and I often say it in mathematical terms of like, if you're certain you're hundred percent, that means there's no new information. There's nothing new you want to take in. And I think most people um, jump to that, too lightly. They don't appreciate what that actually means and what it entails and it leads to bad things. And, and I think what you're saying is in line with that. So would you agree? Like, are you certain about anything or is this applying everything in your life where you always try and have that balanced middle of the road approach? Yeah. It, well, that's a great question, right? So is there a North star? Is there like something that hundred percent is the basis of all my values and beliefs? I mean, I think that it's more that there are things that I'm pretty certain shouldn't be people's North Star, mm. uh, maybe than, than that there's one overarching one for me. Although I think even, you know, believing in, in science and data and things like that, which I'd say I've, I'm probably as as close as it can get to a North Star. Um, for me, I mean, there's there's reasons to doubt or suspect that, right? I, I know that there's there's very prominent educated people that believe we're living in the matrix, mm. right? 
uh, with this with the new movie coming out, it's probably timely, right? But I, you know, I don't know. They're smarter than I am. They might be right, but I think it seems unlikely. Mm. So that would probably be it. But I, you know, I don't know about overall ultimate confidence. Uh, I, I think it's dangerous when people, like you said, believe something with 100% certainty and they, they're not willing to, to consider it. I mean, whether it's religion or something else where they just shut down and, and won't listen, right? What do you think makes you, because I, I do think, not to pat you on the back, but I made fun of you about being a front runner, so I'll give you a compliment now. <laughs> um, I, one of the things I was excited about this conversation is you're one of the more genuine kind of logical people I know where like you, you seem to be able to like detach yourself from a situation or kind of transcend the normal biases that are at play and really just be honest with yourself and the situation for what it is. Um, maybe I'm giving you too much credit. Maybe I'm not, you'll tell me, but you, you, you at least have this value of balance. What do you think separates you or makes you where, where a lot of people can't do that or don't see the value in that. Right. And I realize that sounds a little arrogant for me to make you answer that, but, but it's okay. I'm giving you permission to like, wh why do you think you're able to grasp that? That certainty is bad. That balance is good. Whereas it seems like a lot of people aren't able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I'm any better equipped than others. Um, and I would just hope that others kind of over time, think through that. But I think it comes from a, just a variety of different experiences. It's life experiences, probably more than anything, in my opinion, Terry. And it's just an openness to that. And it's, it's being wrong and being surprised by things in your, in your life, right? Like I've, I've had strong convictions. I'm trying to think of some good examples where I was pretty confident I was right. And then, you know, only to find that was a terrible decision, right? I thought, I thought I was doing the right thing, um, but it was terrible, but you learn from that, right? You pick it up. It's, um, how do those feel though for you? Cause, cause for me, I can only speak for myself, but I'm trying to get more honest, more logical, less biased, right. Less, less all that stuff. And for me, when I, when I have a strong conviction and I realize it's wrong, it hurts. It sucks. Right. Like I, 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 it feels shitty both physically and mentally. It makes me question. It makes me all those things. And that would very logically be the reason why people would avoid that. They, they don't want that. They don't want to admit they're wrong. You seem to be different. Like, what does that feel like for you in that situation where you get something wrong that you thought you were right about? Well, I mean, I've been wrong a few times, right? And it's, it's um, I don't want to go too deep just into work, but, you know, we'll, we'll make bad decisions at work and we'll do something, we'll pursue it. And two or three months later, we look back and we say, boy, that was just, how, what, what were we thinking? Like, how did that, how was that the conclusion that we came to? But if you really step back and you say, look, we had to make the call, right? We had, we, had, we were on a, a tight deadline. We, um, we made the decision, we went with it. Um, we can honestly look at ourselves in the mirror and say, we put all the right time in, we, we, we made the decision to the best we can. And then there's another shock, there was a surprise, right? Maybe we didn't do our contingency uh, evaluations well enough to think like how this might play out and did we, you know, can, can we learn from that in the future? But, you know, as long as you, you're making choices that at the time you think that they're appropriate and, there's some logic and reason and there's been thought put into it. And then if you find out that you're wrong later, like, I, I mean, certainly I beat myself up. I'm, I'm, everyone probably says this, but I'm definitely my own harshest critic, like stuff sticks with me. And if I do something that disappoints me um, or that is just clearly wrong, and I've done that a number of times, uh, you know, it eats at me for days. Uh, so I don't have like the, the silver bullet for you, Terry, of like, how do you move on and get, get through it? Like ultimately after a period of time, you know, you sleep on it, Maybe you have a stiff drink, you know, whatever your, your medicine is uh, that, that you use. Uh, after a period of time and you think through and you say, okay, would I really have done anything differently? If the answer is yes, okay, make sure you don't do that again in the future. If the answer is no, then you move on. So I don't know. That's how I handle it. Um, do you think that's luck? Do you think you, is it genetic? Were you born? You said life experience before. Like, wh where did that come from, though? Where do you think that, that actually was it taught to you? Well, I think it's always been my interest. It, it, so, so part of it does, it stems from me not having any like deep passions that like some people I have a friend colleague uh, who years ago, you know, all he did was rock climb, like on the weekends, like after work, he went rock climb. And I looked at him like, well, why don't you like try something else? Like go for a bike ride, go for a run, like do, you know, do, it's great. You're being active, but yeah. it's like, that's all he ever did. And I, I couldn't really understand that. And for me, I don't have anything like that. Like, I don't have anything that I must do, I do all the time. Like I, I play a lot of sports, I read books, I watch movies. Like, so I think it comes from, I, I don't know why I'm like that, but I think generally who I am, kind of mentality. I, I'm a generalist, like, yeah. and I like variety. Um, I've even, when I've been in jobs where I've been like an individual contributor focused on something like very deep, um, I'm terrible at it. 
I'm like, I'm, I'm really not good at it because I can't stay focused on it. I'm, I'm like, I'm too scattered, right? I'm all over the place. I'm, if, if I'm asked to do one thing, I'll do that for a little while and then I'll start focusing on something else. And, and I, I don't know. It's a, so I don't know that it's any, it's not something I chose, Terry, I would say. Yeah. It's just kind of who I am. Well, that's an interesting spin on it too. I, I, have, I have people in my life who are similar to that, who are kind of that generalist, don't get too passionate about anything. And, and as I'm processing that, as you say it, like, I think they're similar. They're, they don't get too wed to things. They're able to move on. They seem to be more balanced. So that's an interesting thing. I hadn't thought of it in that way, but it makes sense. Are there things though that you are, like, where does this break bad for you, if, if ever? Like, are there things you are passionate about that you see yourself fall into the obvious kind of cliched mental traps where you convince yourself of something that's maybe not true or bias kicks in or whatever? I don't know. So maybe give me an example. I'm not sure I, I, I've got one. Well, I'll, 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 I'll cue one up that hopefully you're all right going there and we'll see. Like politically, um, there are things I think that get you excited or work. We don't have to get into specifics, but like I've seen you get um, somewhat emotional, not emotional, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so how does that fit in? Like, where does the balance fit into that? Yeah, I think I get I get passionate when I think people aren't behaving with a similar, I don't know, um, type of uh, scrutiny or, mm -hmm. or, or consideration or mm -hmm. openness to different ideas. Right. I think that's when I probably get the most um, charged up, charged or passionate or yeah. Angry. I, I think it, you know, this ties to something else I was thinking through kind of before the conversation. So I don't want to take us in a completely different direction, no, here, but, but, you know, I was thinking a lot about sphere of influence too, or like, you know, like your sphere of, um, caring like like who do you care about like mm. like clearly it's everyone probably starts with themselves their family their their extended family community neighborhood yep. state country world like you know everyone falls out differently than that and i think the thing that that gets me you know and, and i think it's fair to do all those things um or, or to have a different view on all that and i think people do have different views on that and it probably depends on your perspective of others as well but i think the thing that gets me hottest is when when people kind of disregard people that they've never met or that are like mm. outside of their sphere, right? Um, or that they're closed off to. And I think, again, it comes down to like not listening beyond beyond their circle of friends, beyond their closest closest uh, family and, and, and relatives. And what, I, I could guess, right? So I'm asking this just to be clear. What What is it that bothers you about that? Like, what is it that makes that the hot button thing? Like the layer too deeper on it? Because, well, I think that people aren't, given themselves enough credit, like for whatever reason, they're taking the easy path, right? Mm. They're, they're, they're choosing to believe what others are telling them, but they're not seeking different perspectives. Mm. So is it, is it, the is it more intellectual, like on a, on a principle basis, that's not the most logical, optimal way to do it? Or is it more empathetic, like the impact it has could hurt people? And that's the problem. I think that's probably more it, right? Is that like the it, I think so. I think so. Uh, though I'm not positive. I've thought through that in much depth yet. Um, well, because it gets tricky too, right? Because, and I've had these conversations on the podcast a bunch because whenever that value judgment comes in of the thing you're doing is, is hurting somebody else, well, now it becomes a question of how do you define hurting somebody else, right? And what's the time scale? And, which, and it becomes very subjective. It could, mm -hmm. it could become subjective if you wanted it to. And I'm curious how, because I think I land more, obviously I care about people and I don't want to see them get hurt at all, but, but I recognize the challenge in trying to manage that. To me, which I think you'll appreciate as an engineer, I look at it more process oriented where the best we could do is have the best process. And then kind of what you said before, if something happens and it doesn't go right, well, then we did the best we could. You can almost, I think, apply that same framework to what you're saying here. Like if people are thoughtful enough, if they're considerate enough, if they do all that the right way, their decision, their action might still hurt somebody. It almost, you know, that's yeah. somewhat out of our control, but at least they did the best they could. It sounds like that's kind of where you're coming from. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. You can never, I mean, again, everything has a, has an impact, right. And you, you make the choice that you think you uh, is the best choice for whatever, you know, sphere of caring you have. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And it may be, you know, like the, the, People like political leaders will generally try to take action in a way that they think is going to help their people, right? The most. Well, um, 
Yeah. And, and it's debatable, though. Like you think about like like some of the wars that we've fought. I mean, I think those wars are fought. I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. They're fought with good intentions and intelligence. Um, but there's repercussions. Right. Like if if a if a kid sees his father killed in that war, 25 years later, that that kid could come back and hurt the country that was attacking that kid. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, or there's so many different things like that. So how do you, how do you manage that? How do you measure that? And I think you're right. Like the people that have chose to go into those wars, did it deliberately and thoughtfully. And um, for the most part, like with the right intentions, and it may not have been executed as well, um, but they tried and they were trying to do what they thought was the right thing um, with the intelligence they had. Now that's may not always be the case. And that's when I get angry. Like when people will enter a war without data. Um, how do you, how do you, and I ask this genuinely, it's going to sound like I'm trying to trap you. I'm, I'm genuinely not because I do it too. How do you know though? How do you know that they haven't done the work, that they haven't processed it right? Like, you don't. What, so yeah. what gets you to the point of, of, for lack of a better word, like getting charged, right? Not like a better word, getting charged up. Like if we're saying logically you get charged up because you feel like they haven't assessed this properly, they haven't done enough thinking around it. That I think implies that you've come to the conclusion that they haven't done that. Right. And, and you have some knowledge of that and therefore you get charged up, but how do you make that determination? Sometimes it might be obvious, right? Some people make it easy, but in yeah. general. No, I mean, you can never really know, right. Because there's intelligence that you can't get, right. There's stuff that hopefully that they're getting from, classified intelligence that you don't have mm-hmm. and, well, so, and it could even be just a normal everyday it could be yeah decision right like Understood. but, but ha- so then how do you get to the charged up point right you know what i'm saying like what what allows you in your mind to be like yes this warrants me getting charged up because what if that person did do the work and they just came to a different conclusion yeah i think then it's it's less of a i don't know anger or disappointment with that person it's probably the people around them or mm. i could be wrong right like it could be that they didn't have the the right people surrounding them to help them make the right decisions uh or it could be that they had the right people they made the decision that they thought was best right and i may disagree with that decision but it wasn't well, i guess that's what i'm asking how do you distinguish between the situation and i ask this because if you have the answer i'm gonna use it um because i don't do it i struggle with it how do you distinguish between that where people did it the right way, did it with the right intentions, but they just saw it differently than you did versus where we kind of started, which is somebody's just being lazy or they're not following the right process. They're being inconsiderate, what have you. Like how do those two things look different for you that you could tell? I don't know. Say that again, Terry. I'm not sure I'm following the-, the So pretty the much, I guess I'm asking when, when you, when you, I'll say we, right? Because I don't want to make it seem like I'm interrogating you. When we judge somebody and we get, we get charged up and we say that decision, that action, that belief, whatever it might be, like, I can't believe you did that. I'm now angry or upset or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think the, the logical thread would have to say that prior to that step, we are judging that they did something bad. They did something wrong, right? How do we know when it's that versus they just see the world differently than us? We just have different values, different, impre- it's not, there's no, there's no yeah. value judgment. There's no negative about it. It's just different. Okay. Because if that yeah, were the case, you. I assume we wouldn't get charged up, right? We would say, oh, they just see it differently than me. Okay, that is what it is. Yeah, right. And then you would work towards, if you are confident that you're seeing it the right way, Okay. it's up yeah. to you. It's up to you then to try to influence a change in that mentality or attitude or behavior, right? Okay. Like, yep. I think, I think that's where it comes down to, you know, we're not all just like passive observers in this. Like, I think if, if people care enough, they can do something now. You can still be upset about that, about it not being the case or the not being the reality, right? I think like it's it's normal and okay, but I, I agree with you. You can't necessarily take it out on any one group or one person if uh, it, it, if you don't put forth the effort either. And you may still lose if you're trying to change the mindset and change the behaviors of, of others. Um, I don't know though. I, I don't think there's an easy answer to that. Like I, th- I think you've kind of got to, try to pick through and, and make the call on your own of like, was this an informed decision or was this something that um, I just disagree philosophically with that individual? And well, the reason, I, the reason I asked too is to back where you started, right? Well, I think we said what, not where you started, but this thread of like, what, what are you passionate about? And I think you said it's, it's when somebody acts in a way that I think, I forget how you worded it exactly, but like those, they act on the wrong value. They, they, there's a value judgment there that they do something wrong. 
it's what I'm getting back to is like, how do you, and, and you of all people, I think would appreciate this. How do you determine that it's clear cut that they're doing something wrong so that it allows you to get that emotional reaction, right? Like, cause that's the thing I struggle with. It's hard back to the certainty point. It's hard for me to ever really judge somebody because how do I know? How do I know that they don't have information I don't have? How do I know that they don't just see the world differently? How do I know a ton of different things? And I could get to that place that you end up, which is a very generalist place with people where I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to not really try and influence anything. I'm not going to do anything because I don't have, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody might have this differently. And you could take it in today's world, right? With COVID and all the things not to get into it, but there's lots of anger on different sides. And it's, it's, I guess, how do you know? How do you know that that person is doing something that warrants your emotional reaction, your anger, your frustration, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're ever going to know with 100% certainty. You, you pull together data, right? It's like solving any other problem. Is if you can get to 90%, 95%, you're fairly confident, right? If it's like, a, if it's the first person, if I see a post on social media from somebody that I don't know, or I've only heard of, and it's the only post I see, I've got one data point. So do I really know that anything about that person uh, no, on balance, I'd have to say like, I don't know, this could just be a crazy fluke. This person, it could be satirical. It could be, it could be who knows. Right. But if it's somebody like, you know, the president of the United States yeah. who you've got thousands of data points, you know, where you've, you've, you've observed, you've heard, you've maybe even met in person, you know, and you say, okay, I have a pretty good sense of where this person's moral compass is. Right. I have a pretty good sense of like what's motivating or driving, um, have I seen that person change his mind in the past about something? Yeah, maybe once or twice, not that often. So I can also like make assumptions from there of like, you know, so it's it's just a collection of data in my mind. It's like solving any problem or making any decision. It's like, you know, you form an opinion based on precedent uh, and then and then actions or um, uh, things from that. It's either an opinion you're, you, you think is, uh, you're, you're pretty confident that you're right or you're not. I think it's a, it's just a buildup over time of data. That's the only way I can think about it. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I think it makes, I mean, obviously looking at data <laughs> seems like the right thing to do, analyzing it. I guess I come back to the rhetorical question of like, so why, why are we as humans so bad at like, why is there so much conflict in the world today? Why is there so much divisiveness? Why is this something that people struggle so much to do? to try and be more objective, be more data-driven, be more analytical, assuming that's the right way to do it because it does lead to more balance. Why is that something that we seem to struggle with? Or do we? Maybe you don't think we do. Maybe you think the world's in good shape. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, I, I think it's just because it's a little bit harder, right? I think it takes a little bit more effort than, you know, being, and, and that's the thing that I think disappoints me more than anything is that mm -hmm. like people aren't willing to, to to put forward that effort to try to, I don't know, think about that a little bit more or, or um, work on it or educate themselves. And, and it's honestly, it comes down to other priorities. Like over the past, like three months, mm. I haven't had any time. I don't know what's going on in the world. Right. <laughs> so like, and if, if, and there are people out there that that's, it's much longer than three months, right. It's been years. So they don't have the time or energy to actually seek those different perspectives and, and really study something or evaluate it. Like time is a luxury and, there are times when all of us have that luxury and there are times when we don't. And so, you know, again, that's another area where like, how upset can you really be with someone? I'd say it's only when people are like, have had the time and I think are still making poor decisions or, or acting and trying to influence others uh, that they're, and they're, they're clearly doing something that is wrong or selfish or self-serving or something like that. That's when I get upset. Mm. That's when I get upset. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Would you go as far to say that, like, we all have a moral or societal responsibility to make the time to do this? Like, it would seem like the world would be a better place if we all did this. I get it. Everybody's busy, but we all brush our teeth every day or whatever else we do, hopefully, right? We all do every day. Do you think we have kind of a responsibility to do this more? It shouldn't be something where we just have the time we do it. It should be always. I mean, in an, in an ideal world, I would say yes, Terry, but I, I think practically it's it's unrealistic, right? I don't think that we could say that. I mean, we, we talk about that jokingly, like before you have kids, you should have to pass a test, right? <laughs> like to, to show that you're like stable and you know how to, you, you know, the basics and you can like raise family or raise kids, right? Um, like if we all could did that and, and could do that, I think that would be a better thing for the children of this world, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think similarly, like before you go out and like 
go on a political march or like, you know, um, petition people in the neighborhood to, you know, buy green energy or something or like, or for example, like don't support this pipeline that's going to cut, go, go through here. Like you need to be educated on that topic. Like you need to, before you're trying to influence others on something, I think you need to educate yourself on it. Like that, I think is a standard we should hold people to. See, the problem right. there is don't, I think you'd, maybe you'd agree. I think so many people would say like, yeah, I'm educated on that. I, I, I've read up on it. Like, like who, who decides what educated means? Because I think a lot of people, ourselves probably included, we all have blind spots. There are things where we think better of ourselves than we should. We have more faith in our abilities or the work we've done or whatever. And to me, that's the hardest thing to overcome, right? It's the cliche thing. The first, you know, the hardest part is admitting you have a problem. I think most people generally think like, yeah, I've got this life thing figured out pretty good. Like, I think I have a pretty good grasp on it or this situation. And that, see, that gets back to what I was getting at before with you, where I was giving you credit. The uniqueness of you, I think, is you don't seem to have that. Like, you seem to have a much more balanced, objective view of the world from a starting point to say, like, I might not have this figured out at all. Like, I would never believe that. And that's the base starting point you have to start with, the humility to even give yourself a chance to do that work. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think most people don't have that? I don't know. It's really hard to say. It's, it's um, I mean, I'd like to think that people have that, right? I'd like to think that people can get there, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's the thing, though, is it does seem like I'm in the minority. Like, even just on the political spectrum, I'm in the minority, right? Like, I, I'm, well, I, I just, I'm very moderate. Like, I'm right. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of balanced. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and I feel like we're just getting more and more polar where people have the convictions that they're 100% right and everything else is wrong. Um, and I struggle with that. Like, and again, it gets down to why I think balance is so important for as a value for me and why I think it would be valuable for others if they had a bit more. So I, I've asked this question to other people and it's, it's I, I start this show for people that don't know whenever I have a guest on and I tell them like, if they don't want this to air, it doesn't air. And this is the type of question that I talk about with that. So let's, let's test this, right? Let's go to the 1800s with slavery, right? Because this is where I, I, I did a video on this once when I was doing videos. My, one of my fears is I have a very similar approach, moderate, balanced, see all sides. What if I lived in 1822 in Virginia or wherever? Would I take that same approach and be like, I don't know, maybe this slavery thing, like there's some validity to it. It makes sense, right? And there's all sorts of reasons why people could say, well, given the time, then there's another part of me that's like, you fucking monster. Like, it's obviously horrible. If, if there's any chance that you would have been okay with slavery, then your approach to life is broken. Like, you, there should never be a mindset or a philosophy in life where that maybe is okay. And I, I don't know. We can never know because we don't live in 1822 in Virginia. But how do you think this mindset would have handled then? How it would have carried then? Yeah, I mean, it's it's impossible to defend slavery now, right? Like, I, I can't. Uh, yeah. And, right. Full stop. Um, yeah it's impossible. And I can't say for sure um, where I would have ended up. I'd like to think like the thing, the other thing about me is like, I, I get, I, I don't know if it's like a sense of like empathy for others, but like, I get like really, really emotional um, when, when I think about um, people who have been mistreated or people, mm -hmm. things like that. And so, you know, it's hard for me to think that I could have lived in Virginia and been cool with it, but I don't know. Like, I, I think your question's fair, like in that, oh, I don't know if it's really fair, but, but I'll give you some credit, like a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Like it's kind of fair because it's, it's really hard to put a philosophy in, in, in a time, right? Like I've definitely done things um, earlier in life that I look back on and I'm ashamed of. Like, I can't believe I thought that that was acceptable or that that wasn't going to hurt someone's feelings or something like that. That's just clear. It's clear now. Um, that that was wrong. And I think a lot of that is, is maturity. And like I was saying earlier, like it, it comes down to experiences. And I think if people took the time back then to really look at the, you know, the human conditions of people that were in slavery and like got to know slaves, I think they would realize that it was cruel and that something needed to change. Um, just as like, you know, if I really put myself in people's shoes when I was, you know, an idiot 20, 15 years ago, heck, I've done it more recently than that. But, um, you know, I would have done things differently, and I would have made different choices. And you learn from that, like you, you develop, I mean, unfortunately, back then, um, you know, age expectations weren't what they were. So people didn't have the time to build that knowledge or get to build those relationships, maybe, right? Like, maybe they would have figured it out in their 60s or 70s, and, and they didn't make it that long. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the right answer. I mean, it's the only answer to give. So what's, what's your 
general take on humanity? Like, are you pessimistic? Are you optimistic? Do you think we're heading in the right direction? Do you think we're generally good people? What's your overall take? Yeah, I think generally we're good people, right? I do think generally we're good people. I, I, I'm definitely concerned, <laughs> I would say, because uh, I, I think I'm a bit more of a, a pragmatist too, like I, where I think, you know, I can kind of see a few steps down the road where, where things aren't going to be good in the future, um, especially if we keep going more and more extreme. Um, and you mean specifically you know, like the divisiveness, like as a country yeah. or as, yeah. Was it, as, yeah, as a global society. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I, I get back to like human nature. I think I read a book years ago now, so I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I think it was Guns, Germs, and Steel. Um, and it was about like how civilization rose and how like, you know, every now and then to keep the population in check, uh, different tribes would feud and they would like, they both kill a few members of each tribe and they would go on and the land could support the growing, the people that they had. And so, you know, you can even think about um, nature's way, like COVID, right? It's killing a bunch of people, right? Maybe it's making it, the world a little bit more of a sustainable place um, for us to live on long-term. On the other hand, you know, it's, we, we've, we've, you know, created technologies that I think have the potential to completely stop everything. And I think that's dangerous, right? And, and that got back to, that was one of the things I was thinking through when I was thinking continuous improvement might be the value. And I said, you know what? Continuous improvement created bombs, right? Continuous improvement has created drones that can kill people without, you know, thing. And I think that's dangerous, right? I think there's risk there. So to your question around, am I, am I concerned? Yeah, I'm very concerned about the future, I would say. Uh, I think we're we're kind of on the cusp of society, and maybe it's because I'm too into science fiction. I think about I read these books and novels and and uh, watch movies and stuff, and I fear the future. I think it's not our generation. I think it's probably our kids, 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 maybe. Um, but there's you know, it's not too far off. There's an interesting point in that, which I wonder because um, to the continuous improvement point, I get it, right? You can even, as you were saying it, I was thinking about even you can think about anything, but the media even, right? A lot of people don't like the media today, and you can make an argument they just tried to continuously improve on their ratings and the, the profitability right. they brought in. And that led to where we are today, where it's maybe not as much news and, and, and all that. So there's, there's a degree of that, which says it's, it's ambition. It's that continuous improvement. That's what the danger to society or, or humans is. But then on the other side, we were talking before, it was more the opposite of that. It was laziness. It was the unwillingness to, to do the work. It was looking for comfort and just trying to feel good and, and, and not push ourselves. Is it both of those things? Like how do those two things relate, if at all, you think? Yeah, so, so I think that, uh, I mean, I think they're a little bit different, right? And I don't think they're necessarily exclusive uh, or right. mutually exclusive, right? So I think there's, I think you get into trouble if you're, if you're not thinking about the repercussions of your efforts mm. to improve things, mm. right? And so I think it's similarly of just being thoughtful, like when you're, like laziness, I think is just not being thoughtful, like not thinking through the options, not thinking through the scenarios and the consequences of the things that you're doing. Um, and so I think they're kind of more similar than different. Uh, to be yeah, honest. I like that. I like the way you put that, that it's not being, it's being lazy about the improvements you're making, maybe being too focused in on optimizing for one metric, right? To keep it in your terms, in terms of the kind of analyzing versus all the different impacts it could have. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's, you know, selling more is not necessarily better. Right. right? I, I'm, or, or getting more likes on social media is not necessarily well, a good thing. That's, right? that's the problem, right? We're, we're coming towards the end here, but, but I'll ask some, some bigger philosophical questions right towards the end. Like, then you run into it, right? That, that better word, because it's so subjective, right? And, and then you add in the time horizon and you say, I'll give you an example, right? I say, I talk to my brother about this all the time. One of the things that often gets celebrated, and I personally celebrate, is, is George Washington and the decision he made to give up power, right, after his second <laughs> term. And to me, that's one of the most beautiful, amazing examples of, like, what human nature should be. Don't just look to improve yourself or whatever. Do what's best for the, the bigger, you know, the whole thing. But then you can look at it from another angle and say, like, well, maybe, maybe, but maybe if George Washington stayed in power for another term or two, he could have had impact on the country that fixed problems that became so fundamental to who we are. So then you get to a place of like, well, who decides what's better, what's worse? Who decides if somebody's done enough work or who hasn't? And you can kind of throw your hands up and be like, I shouldn't think about any of this. I should just live my life and not have a care in the world because there's no way I'll ever know. Like what stops you from going there? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's it's great, right? And I think that George Washington was a wise man, right? And he, he, he weighed those two options. I'm sure he weighed those two options. 
Um, in the Hamilton song, he definitely seemed to, if you heard when he t- thought about it. Yeah, right, right. And and I don't remember, I saw Hamilton uh, once. Uh, I don't remember the details of that one, so I'll probably get it get it wrong. But I mean, like, there's there's real value in that, right? He, he thought through it and he did what he thought was the best, right? And that's clearly gray, right? There's a gray area. I don't think anybody can look back on it and say, like, he made the wrong choice or um, he made the right choice. I think it's it's subjective. So uh, I don't point making a choice. If nobody could ever say it's the right or the wrong one, why even care about what choice you make? Well, I think it's it's something you can learn from, right? And it help, can help you inform choices you might have to make in the future, right? Like well, I'm, go- I'm going to get some some, some 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 choices are black and white. I think there's some okay. though that you can you can get more black and white. I think that is an example of a choice that is much grayer though. Okay, I do. What's what's it's, an example of? A, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's the example of a black and white choice? Well, something like okay, like I can I can do something to to make. I don't know, um, hundred thousand dollars, but it's going to put somebody out of their house. Right. Or like I can lower my taxes by a hundred dollars a month, but it's going to impact, you know, my neighbor in the next town and they're going to have to like fire one teacher or something like, like there are certain things like that, that but I even think those, are, can't, can't you look at those and, and find the holes in that to where like, well, maybe, maybe, well, as you get closer and closer to where, like, there is a point where it's a neutral choice almost, right? Like, it's it's going to be zero-sum game, I think. But I think there's, and there's a line. And your question is, where's that line, right? How do you how do you know? I think there's going to be some things that are so extreme that they're not even worth saying. Like, oh, uh, I, I can I can get a dollar, but this like 500 people have to die. Like, that's wrong, right? Why like why choose the the dollar? I don't know well, how you would ever. What's be like? Maybe maybe I'm being difficult not in a productive way. If that's the case, then we kill it. But like, let's use the population control, right? Overpopulation. What if, what if in the grand scheme of things, those 500 people die? It sounds horrible, obviously to say now, and I don't want anybody to die. Right. That's the obvious thing to say, but you could get abstract enough where you're like, well, maybe, maybe that's okay. Right. Like take, take maybe a a safer example is like Thanos from the Marvel movies. Right. Sure. My my son was talking about this recently. He's like, Oh, cause he loves villains. And he was like, he's a bad guy. You know? And I'm like, yeah, what did he want to do? Well, he wanted to, destroy you know cut out half the population well why do you want to do that well he thought and like you could get to a place where it's like he thought he was doing something good so i guess i come back is there really ever a decision where you could say it's completely binary black and white yes it's good or no it's bad yeah it's a good question and and maybe the answer is no uh it's possible if it is no what's the implication of that i guess that's what i'm fascinated by yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so then I guess I, I get your logic. So, if it is no, then why care at all? Right. Like, why worry about it at yeah, all? Yeah, you just, said, just, well, you learn just, for future decisions, but those decisions don't matter either because we never know. Just maximize your own value in the time that you have on light on the earth, and like, yeah, maybe right? or maybe not even that. Maybe just literally roll the dice. Like, just do the. I don't know. It's not even the George Costanza. Do the. It's not. It's there's nothing. You just random. Just whatever happens, happens. I don't even think about it. I yeah, guess I mean, it has to be maximized pleasure because something's always going to drive you. Something's always going to pull you towards something, which is probably pleasure. Something yeah. to point. But, I, you know, I did think about it, Terry. I mean, I, I didn't listen to all the previous podcasts, but I was looking through it and and I was thinking how interesting it was that, that people had such strong conviction mm. about certain things. Right. And And I was surprised by that a little bit. Like, I think people that feel really passionately that, you know, this is the true driver and this is like all that really matters you know this whether it's improvement or, or whatever like across the spectrum of the different podcasts and i was kind of surprised by that right because i don't expect it you would have expected people to have, be more moderate i guess overall be less maybe, sure. maybe maybe a little bit less sure i was expecting that i think um now again i didn't listen to all the podcasts and, and part of it's just like the way it's set up like i'm sure you're going to title this balance or something and yeah, we didn't really yeah, talk much about yeah. balance maybe it yeah. touched on it a little bit right yeah. um but yeah so so i was I, I am surprised a little bit by that. And I think that I don't know the answer to the question. Right. And I, I think you're right. Everything can be looked at years later to 150 years later was slavery. You know, what, what, what happened? How do we get there? Yeah. Uh, and why did it take so long to get out of it? It seems clear now, like how would that have lasted for as long as it did? Um, yeah. And I think that was probably driven by people trying to, make more money and improve their lives and the lives of their family. Right. And they, um, they valued that over the lives of others. Uh, and I guess that's a dangerous spot. That's kind of where, where you have to think about that, but then, 
to your point around population in the in the planet like should we i used to joke that we we should like you know take people at a certain age and just like put them out and run like a hundred hunger games type of thing as i get closer to that age i realize the cruelty of that and like right. i mean i always knew it was cruel it was very very much like a ridiculous type of joke um but you know it's it's a way to control the population it seems like you would be the villain if you did that like even yeah. even suggesting it on a podcast you're probably the villain yeah. for even thinking about it right um, but it would help control uh, resources in the population if you did something like that, right? And all the expenses of people at the end of the life. Um, and maybe 500 years from now, we're doing stuff like that. Probably not like putting them in a field Hunger Games style, but like at a certain point, you're, you know, it's euthanasia or something to, to help. I don't know. I, yeah. Like, I have no idea where we're going to go. And we're going to look back and say, man, in 2021 or 2022, people people thought it was great to keep people alive until they were 110 and had all these like debilitating issues and all this stuff. And man, that's crazy. Like, who knows? I don't know. We could end up there. So it seems clear now, but maybe not, maybe not so clear in the future. So, so maybe, maybe last question. So how do you, how do you make this real on a date? Like we're talking about lots of stuff, philosophical, some of it, right. Balance is where we started and it's trying to be moderate and humility, but you do have to make decisions, right? You do, like you said, uh, I don't remember if you said it on the podcast or before we started, but you're, you're doing some work to your house, right? Um, even a decision like that, you could imagine running it through this same framework that we're doing. And you could say, well, this is great. Like you said, right. I'm giving people jobs. I'm doing this, or maybe I'm hurting the environment, or maybe I'm unnecessarily spending money, which is creating more stress. And I'm totally making it up, but I'm mean it to my wife or to my kids or whatever. You can go a billion different directions with it. How do you actually make decisions? How do you, and, and I don't mean necessarily the process, right? Look at the data, but like, literally, what do you think is the value that is most important where you're like, if it trips this one, or is it like how, how, or is it guessing ultimately? Do you think it is just random? You just, whatever you feel in that moment, do you have to make a decision? You make it. And if you had to make it the next day, it might be different. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's guessing. Okay. I don't think it's complete guessing. It's just, it, it's like I said before, it's trying to get to a point where you feel a little bit more confident that you're making the right choice than they, you're making the wrong choice. And what, right? what, 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 maybe we stick with that example. What gives, what's giving you the confidence, right? Like what's underneath that confidence? Yeah. So, if, so you're right. So when we, for, for this home renovation, right, when we had like one factor was um, we need a new roof, right? So like that wasn't quite enough. Like if we need a new roof, we just replace the roof, right? Okay. The second factor was it's like in the summer, it's like 80 degrees on our, on our bedroom floor and it's 50 degrees in the basement. Okay. So that's another factor. Like still wasn't quite enough to do the project we're doing. The third factor was I'm going to be working from home, like at least 50% of the time in perpetuity. I don't have an office. Like I'm, I'm waking up my wife and kicking her out of the bedroom at 6am, you know, like for, for work calls. Yeah. And that was the third factor. And at, once we hit all three of those, we're like, okay, it's time to do the project, right? Like, like up until that point, we weren't doing the project that we're doing, but we got to the tipping point. So I think it's, it's, it's going along the line in all of these things is like, you don't have enough information. You don't have enough information and you get to a certain point and you're like, go this i'm convinced you, you this think is right. that go decision though like and it might oh. be so I'm, I'm asking this genuinely i'm not leading the witness you you could take any of those examples and we could do what we just did we could poke holes and say like well maybe it's better that but right your wife had to wake up at 6 a.m because she does meditation or something right you could whatever it is you could mm -hmm. look at the other side of that you could poke holes in it do you think that go decision i guess what i'm trying to get at is is it what's what's really do you really have confidence at that moment or is it false confidence where you just feel like I have to make a decision. There's enough things that I've convinced myself and I'm saying this for myself as much as for you, Shane, that this is good. So I just go with it. Like, is it, is it a myth that we actually do the full analysis and feel like, yes, this is what I should be doing. Like in this example, do you, do you actually feel like at that point you ran a rigorous enough analysis and like, you feel good about that? I mean, I didn't like, put pen to paper and like write it all down and pros and cons and stuff. But like, you know, I went through that thought process that we just talked through. Like I, I legitimately thought about that. Um, different people might've made the decision at different points, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm giving you what you want, but no, you are, but, you are. And maybe let me say it this way. Let's go back to it. Right. You take, take the example of somebody who's, who's let's make it up, right. Like a, a selfish business person who's, who's harming their employees to make money or they're, they're poisoning a local water supply to, you know, make money, whatever. What I, what I often think about is what's the difference between your thought process for that renovation and that person's thought process to do what they did, right? Obviously, we could in one lens look at it and be like, well, they're animals and monsters and you're a decent person. But if you really peel it all back, 
is it really just two humans just kind of randomly arbitrarily picking up things that kind of generally aligns with what they wanted to do anyway and then just justifying it to themselves and actually convincing themselves like no no, no i'm making a good decision i'm doing the right thing and feeling good about it because it's very easy i think for me to look at those people and say like they must have it so twisted they must have it so wrong they must their process of thinking must be so selfish and self-involved but maybe it's not like and then it scares me because then it's like shit am i doing that times and i don't know it you know what i mean and not to say your home renovation is equivalent you know what i mean but no i understand and and i think i have that doubt that self-doubt sometimes too right it's like am i am i right about this and again it's why i think i always start from a point of you know, let me, let me try to hear, let me try to understand like different perspectives, like for, for your example. So that businessman that's dumping stuff, is he aware, right? Like one, like two, you know, what, what, what's the background? Like, why would he be doing this? Why would he think that this is okay? Does he just not care about other people? Was there, you know, something tragic happened to him earlier in life? Like, does this person really need the money? Like what, what's going on? Is he caring for like a, a hundred different people or like what is driving this person to continue to make these, is it fear of getting caught and be going to jail because now he's been doing it for too long? Like, I have no idea. Right. Like, I don't know that person. It seems like that person's doing something that's terrible. Right. Like it seems really bad. Um, I still just want to understand a little bit more. And then, you know, I would ask that individual, like, why are you doing it? Like, what, yeah. what is it that you, what, what led you to this decision would you get an honest answer? I don't know. Or would they even know if they were giving an honest answer? Yeah. Because there's two levels of honesty to that. There's them being honest to you and being honest with themselves. Yeah, you're right. And so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to, I mean, we we got a little bit maybe off track in the middle here where, where you were asking kind of about how you have conviction and passion and, and like, you know, confidence that you're right. Um, And I feel like I don't have a lot of that, but I do get passionate. Like I do get, like I get very emotional about certain topics mm-hmm. that I'm pretty confident that I'm right and somebody else is wrong. But I think, you know, what you're ultimately saying is that potentially um, I'm thinking about it incorrectly. Right. And I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Right. So this, this conversation should help me lower my stress levels, which is good, Terry, <laughs> if I remember it and I think through it. Um, although I'll be, you know, more concerned about society and humanity overall uh, making good decisions, maybe. Yeah, it, to, to, in some ways, it, to me, it feels like, maybe I'll say this as we wrap, like that's the, the twisted, maybe gift, maybe curse of humanity is we'll never know. Well, I think, right? Maybe we will. Maybe, maybe God or something will come down. Maybe who knows. But the questions we're asking, the debates we're having of how should you make a decision? How do you know when you're right? How do you know when you're wrong? You and I, it seems like we're coming to an end point, which is like, I, I don't know. We don't know for sure. And that seems to just be what it is and it doesn't the answer doesn't seem like it can be well just who cares that none of it matters it seems like it has to be do the best you can to increase your chances or up the odds of getting to a better outcome but at the same time there's no like concrete sense of ever knowing that we get to that better outcome or what the better outcome is so it seems to be like it's very counterintuitive it seems to not work but at the same time i can't see it being any other way like there's no definitive answers, but we have to strive to be better and to do the best we can and get the better outcomes. But that seems, I don't know, it seems incompatible to me in some ways. Subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Better is subjective, I think is, and it's in the eye of the beholder to some extent. It's in the eye of the beholder. So maybe that's it, right? The best you could do is like we said in the beginning, have the right process, be as thoughtful as you can be about it. Whatever that is for you, just do the best you can, maybe a little bit more, whatever you think it is, do a little bit more than that. And that's the best you can do. Okay. That's it. That, that's the fitting ending to me for this episode, because exactly who the hell knows, who the hell knows for sure. But Jane, I appreciate you being on, man. Um, I, I knew we'd get philosophical in all different topics. I never know where it's going to go, but um, we explored some stuff and it made me think at least. So hopefully it was uh, interesting and enjoyable for you, but I appreciate it, man. Sure. Thanks, Terry. Everybody by definition is interesting because they, you have to make decisions. You have to take actions in life. So there is, that's why the show is about values, because there's some value system that's underpinning all the things you do in your life, the home renovation, the job you have, the team you root for, whatever it is, your political views, there's something guiding that. And that's got to be interesting because it controls your whole life. And what I find super interesting, and I can only say this for myself, is that I don't know that most people know what that thing actually is. They might guess, 
They might have a sense. They might aspire it for it to be something. Yeah. But when you really break it down, it's like, I don't know what actually, like the home renovation is a perfect example. Like, was it just comfort? Was it like, hey, I want a more comfortable life. I don't want to have to have two different temperatures in my house. And I don't want to have to annoy my wife because then she gets cranked, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like, I just want to be more yeah. enjoyable. I have a more enjoyable life. Or is it actually like thinking of other people and like, I want to make no. sure that I'm helping, right? Like, you know, and I'm yeah. not saying it has to be one of the, but it's something. It has to be yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a value. It's like, it's not a value, like a fundamental, like human value. It's like the return on investment. It's a value call, right? It's yeah. like, for, for me, it was like, is a, what's yeah. the value of doing all this? Yeah. Um, but, but that value, that, that number system you're using to run that calculation, it has to be based on something. Like you have to have value of your comfort, value of your wife's happiness, value of good for like, all of that is relative. Yeah. Relative to like your, your, your net worth. Right. And like the amount sure. of money, like they it's all involved. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like this is an investment we're making um, that's going to return some level of comfort or value and how much does it cost? Right. That's the like calculation that yes. I was kind of talking but, but you about. Can when even I was go, like, and maybe this is where I lose you in the philosophy, but you can even go a step further and say, what is the value? Why is comfort something that you're seeking? Like, is that the end or is that a means? Like, what is it that you believe life is all about that well, makes you say, I want to get a return on investment, which gives me comfort? Yeah. And that's why I was thinking like initially why I, I value improvement because it's improving something. It's improving something I care about. It's improving a home that like, that I feel like is a home for us. And it's going to be a home for future families, you know, for decades to come. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of like intrinsic value in that for me. Like that's something I can tangibly do to improve. Right. But, I can why? Tangibly- but even that, take that. Why is that good? Well, because I think it, it's something that we will enjoy, right? Like we will enjoy living here, having people visit us here, raising a family here. Like we will enjoy this, right? I why, think that why will be- you, why, why, why is raising a family here, having people come to visit? Why is that good or important? Um, I just, because I, I, I'm happy from it. Like I end the day, like satisfied, more satisfied when, when those things happen. That's, and that's been happen. my obvious but maybe most interesting takeaway from all this is that at the end of the thread it's almost always comes down to it makes me feel better in some way yeah i think you're right okay i think that if it's if it's yeah I, i mean i think that is ultimately what is driving almost all of us all the time is what makes us feel better and it's not just necessarily like, I mean, look, you've read the studies, right? People that volunteer, the, yes, it helps others, but like, it makes them feel better, mm-hmm. right? I think you've talked about that in previous mm-hmm. podcasts. I heard you talk about it too. And I've, I've read the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, yeah, I, like Mike Norton wrote that book on mm-hmm. happiness, right? And that was a big thing. It's like the, one of the, the best ways to be happier is to volunteer, right? So intrinsically, like you can say like, hey, I'm doing this to help others. But the reality is it's helping you too, but I do think that there's value in that also like societal value with people are happier in general, society's better, right? Like I think that there's like, there's general, yeah. So, so, all right. So think about this. So, you know, I live outside of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago. You had to get that in there. Yeah. And the city, the city of Philadelphia was a better city for the next month than it normally is. Like it was a, people were happier. Like, and I know not everyone is in Philadelphia no, I, I get it. city, but like there was, there was a, a, just like a lift, right. There was just like, people were happier. They were happier at work. They were happier walking around the city. Like people were just friendlier. It was kind of like, like we were driving around looking at Christmas lights on Christmas Eve. And, you know, we saw people walking across the street um, and like, we rolled down our windows and said, Merry Christmas. Like people were just friendlier happier. Yeah. because everybody was happy. Everybody was in a good mood and it's just different. Like it's different than like a normal time. And so I do think that if you can, if everyone collectively is a little bit happier, then I think that the world is, is that realistic though. Cause like take the two examples you're given Christmas and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. It's almost somebody could say like, um, it's artificial. It's not like you can imagine tons of people that were happier, like, and that's fine. Maybe that's good. But is that, is that, and I asked this genuinely, like, is that what we should be striving for? Superficial things that just make people feel good. Cause you could take like a thought exercise where you say like, what if you could put something in the water? And it would make everybody feel like their team just won the Super Bowl or it was Christmas all the time. Hmm. Do we, is that, should we do that? The, the flip side of it is 
because we're all so individualistic, because we all see things so differently, we all have our own mm-hmm. mental issues. Our version of happiness is so likely to run into conflict with yours or, or whoever else's. Yeah. And to get everybody on that same plane of happiness, aside from their team winning the Super Bowl at Christmas, it doesn't happen. So like, right. Where yeah, that I mean, no, you're right. And I don't think it's a, like, and you think about the people, the, the fans of the team that lost that Super Bowl. Or the Jets right? fans for that matter. Or, or the Jets fans that, yeah, the butt fumble, right? Yeah, like, that's the, that, the closest they got in yeah. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Um, no, I understand. I mean, and it, it's hard, right? So I bet you the people in Boston, although they've got, what, 15 championships in the last 20 years. So they're yeah. fine, right? Yeah. But they're, yeah. they lost that Super Bowl. Um, they're probably a little bit sadder for the next couple of weeks, right? Like, whereas Philly got the lift. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, Terry. Like, I do think there's potentially something to that. If you can expand happiness, maybe that is a solution. I haven't thought through the the negative repercussions of that. It feels sure like a free will conversation, doesn't it? Like, do we allow people to find happiness on their own or do we give them happiness? I don't know, however you would word it. Yeah, yeah. 